0: Hi, everyone. Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. thanks so much for tuning in to white label american we really appreciate all the support we've been getting from our listeners whether it's through patreon buying us cups of coffee or buying our merchandise you are not only supporting us but you're also supporting small and veteran-owned businesses and we can't thank you enough if you're new to the podcast or a returning listener you can also support us on patreon for as little as three dollars a month Or, you know, you can do the Jeff Bezos thing and give us a hundred million. We will take all of it. We got loads of, we got loads of bonus content and you can help us out by sharing our podcast with your friends and on our socials and giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. We really appreciate it. You can be a part of the show by sending your story via the contact form on white label american.com or WhiteLabelAmerican at gmail.com or you can leave a voice note via the website too and for our listeners celebrating happy lunar new year to you It's the year of the rabbit so i believe that's uh, plenty of good fortunes coming your way with that being said let's meet today's guest she currently lives in brooklyn works as a product designer in the technology space, from music publishing to controlled environmental agriculture. I was going to ask about that for Patreon, but I forgot. But um, that's, that's all right. We have, we have bonus stuff on Patreon, so you see, that's another reason why you should sign up for Patreon. And she helps to use design as a tool to bring positive impact to people and our surroundings. With that being said, let's meet Yuan Gong. Did I say it right? Yes. Welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: We are so honored to have you. And um, I'm so glad that our good friend Ashwin introduced us. Yes. And so let's see. Let's start from the very beginning. You have beautiful names. Do you mind telling us the meaning of your names? And is there a story about uh, how you ended up with that name?
1: Uh, yes. Um. So, maybe I can start a little bit about the Chinese characters. I don't know how much you know about it. Like, the Yuan is my first name. Okay. So, that's just the spelling, the pronunciation of my name. But in Chinese language, that pronunciation can correspond to many other different characters. Hmm. So, in writing, the Yuan can come in completely different characters and come with just completely different meanings. Oh. And... I don't really like my name. I never did. I like one more. I like names with two syllables. I like single syllable names, but that's just me. And so my name, the writing of it is, the writing and the meaning of it is very, um, meaning, uh, I believe the meaning is just a a very elegant and sweet and beautiful lady. And... I never liked it. I find that too gendered and it, there's a very strong gender role in
0: yeah. that name. Mm. I I can relate to that because my uh, our daughter's name is um well the name my mom chose for my our daughter is Abimari. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And it translates to a good woman. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, but one name came from one side of the family. One name came from the other side of the family. So, um, the one that came from my side of the family, that's, that's the meaning is so I was like, but every other person seems to be like, oh, that's so beautiful. It came from your mom and I was like, oh, well, you know,
1: Did you get up using it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I used it. You
1: know,
0: sometimes you just want to avoid, you know, fighting and all that stuff. True you get tired of I
1: mean, she can always change
0: it, yeah when she gets older yeah know, I, I always tell her it's up, up, you know she's four now, and she acts like she's forty, but I'm like, yeah, whatever you decide, but I like the shorting version a b
1: yeah, I like that so I like
0: that yeah it's and it's the, the shorting version goes it's uh gender neutral
1: yeah,
0: so they' they're male a b's they're female a b's
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I that's I think put to put it simply I would much prefer a more gender neutral name. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh it was a different time.
0: Yeah. And and your your last name um what does it have a meaning?
1: No, last name is we carry last name from dad's side for the most part. Okay. Um I think these days people can just do whatever they want to choose from either of the parents. Oh. So last name doesn't really have doesn't have meaning.
0: Okay. All right, so um with that being said yeah i i've I've known of um Chinese characters, but just didn't pay attention too much to the person who was telling me about it. I think it was on clubhouse, yeah, there used to be a room I used to hang out in I haven't been there in a while I haven't been on clubhouse for months, but there used to be it was a a nice room um the gentleman who started the room used to give one chinese idiom and then ask anyone in the room there used to be people from all over the world to um, give their version of the medium idiom from their part of the world if they have a similar saying or idiom
1: that's interesting
0: yeah and there's there used to be it was another way to build bridges because it was fascinating how because he he's actually he's not even from china but he's um I think Chinese Malay, mm-hmm. yeah, Chinese Malay, uh, but he lives in Singapore Uh, or he's from Singapore. But one of the two, I'm mixing it up. But he's because uh, he doesn't speak Mandarin. He speaks uh, Cantonese.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he um, through that room, you got you got to hear some people who have the Mandarin. Version of whatever yeah. idiom was picked, and some of that, although this is the Korean version, and some we have. Um... The version in Swahili, and so yeah, was, and then some will have. Oh, this is saying in America now, like, oh, this is saying that, that I know, but there's no Nigerian saying because you know there's so many languages in Nigeria, but yeah. it's usually English. And then you realize that it's mostly c- tied to colonialism, uh-huh. so it's tied to the British. Because whenever yeah. I would give a Nigerian saying that I knew, somebody, somebody like UK, like, oh, I know something like that, and then. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's colonialism that made us have
1: that exactly. connection. Exactly, that's <laughs> how you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so, but he he always wrote the idioms in um in what were considered Chinese and then translated them to English.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: so well, once in a while he would talk about the characters and all that and i am be like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I want to retain all that information right now, but, yeah.
1: What do you think of—actually, uh, that's an interesting point I kind of want to get into. It. What do you think of Clubhouse as a, as a platform?
0: Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, interesting is just the, the, the right word to use. But um, at the end of the day, I think, I think Clubhouse is a good social study. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, it should be studied because it's proof that not everybody should have the mic. That's oh, important.
1: That,
0: yeah, because I, I don't know if everybody can handle having the mic. There are people who, you know, I never hosted a room on Clubhouse. I thought about doing it, but I was just like, I don't know if I can mentally deal with some people just coming here to intentionally fight. I was down with having conversations. I was down meeting people and even when it was getting too pushy and i was like okay it's getting a little bit aggressive here you know what you you i'm willing to concede you've won and they still be like no 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 i want to crush you i'm like okay i i'm waving the white flag i'm conceding but no 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 no, no. i want to crush finish crushing i'm like okay then i take my leave bye then then i i found i met so many interesting characters I I ran into a zombie room once and I thought they were just kidding I thought it was a movie and there were people from um South Asia and um some in United States and I realized that oh they were serious about planning for a zombie apocalypse and I thought oh um they, they put me on stage and I was like oh uh yeah I don't really have anything to offer here and they all had machetes, they all had canned foods in their houses, and oh, you know, the survivors. they all had yeah. routes that they were going. I was like, okay, good to know you all, though. I should write your names down in case it goes down. <laughs> I should come find you <laughs> people. But um, yeah, and so I found that interesting. I, I'm a comic book nerd, so, you know, I try to be in some comic book rooms and there was only one room where there was. It was just a positive interaction. The rest were just full of toxicity. Just complaints, complaints. I was like, I, "You all enjoy the movie or not?" And so I, I just kept bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And then I even found Nigerian Nazis. I found. Um, I, just, I found. I found all manner of people <laughs> And I was like, "Okay, it's, I, 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 this is coming too much for me." I, I'm spending too much time here. Let me just, yeah, I'll go back to my own thing. So that
1: uh, is really interesting, yeah. so, interesting experience.
0: Yeah. I, I just felt like I'm not the right. You know, and almost every day there was always this battle of the sexiest going on. That seemed to be like the hottest thing on Clubhouse, alpha males versus alpha females that always pulled thousands of people into people into the rooms and I I was just like you're still fighting over this when it's
1: completely waste of anyone's time I'm like I guess
0: good for you but I I knew one or two people who always hung out in those rooms and when I talked to them I'm like it just you knew that it was just the addiction they were addicted to the crowd they were pulling so it felt good that oh a lot of people are attracted so I have to keep doing this, right?
1: That's why I think, I think what I heard early days of Clubhouse when they made that platform, Uh the intention was to, because this happened in the early years of pandemic. Yes. The intention was to build the digital space that's very similar to how you walk in the room in like a physical building, like in real life. That was the intention. But I guess uh, being on the internet, the somewhat anonymous being anonymous there kind of unleashed a lot of toxic stuff like you probably wouldn't talk in a room with a group of people around you well, in real life Maybe yeah but i think well. the facebook
0: groups already unleashed that true and once that pandora's box had been opened then you you saw it expanding
1: it's to people twitter are just hinge, to, they're gonna say anything
0: yeah so the moment they saw clubhouse it was like oh and now i can be vocal okay and you know there were supposed to be celebrities hanging out there and then you come insult the celebrity even though you're still watching or you're still giving money to that celebrity but they're human beings
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i'm like yeah I'm, I'm not willing to put myself up for that abuse So yeah. I, I thought i could connect to people I, I got one good guest from there and i was thinking I could connect with people who I would bring in on the show and it just felt mentally draining and I was just like, ah, yeah. Actually, I got two good guests from my clubhouse experience. I might go back one day and just play in one or two of the positive rooms that I found, but I'm not sure I'll be on the clubhouse streets like I once used to.
1: Yeah, I think there's still a layer of being in that digital space somewhat just somewhat justify anything one says like it's hard to imagine if you walk into a gathering in real life and people will just start saying unhinged things mm-hmm. so of sudden yeah it's very it, unlikely it,
0: we, we, we are well behaved yeah when it comes to when that, that physical space when we see each other it's like yeah we have to watch what we say who we say it to and then once it's online it's like oh Gloves off. Here we go. Yeah. I can be me. It's, um what well, what what do they call it? Um um ah, I've forgotten this there's a word I was thinking of, but it'll come to me. But anyway, let me not go too far on this tangent. Let me come back to you, because I know some of my listeners will be like, hey, hey, come back here. Come back here. <laughs> All right. So um I know we've already mentioned China a few times. So can you let the audience know where you were born, and what childhood was like for you?
1: Yes, um, I like that one. I was born in Chengdu, China. Chengdu is uh, southwest part of China, so it's England. And I was born and grew up there till I was, I think I was just past 21 when I came here. And so childhood, it's funny I've been thinking about that. Like, the city I grew up, Around the time, late, very late 80s and throughout the 90s, it was a city of about 10 million people. Oh. And it's a very big city. Now yeah. it's even bigger. And I, I come to think of it, it's very similar to how I live my life now in Brooklyn. Oh. And it was before the mega growth of a lot of parts of the world we have been experiencing. So we, I lived in, I grew up in apartment buildings. There's like a courtyard and multiple buildings and everybody know each other. You know your neighbors. Yeah. Up floor, lower floor. And you know people from the courtyard across the streets. And I went to school like 10 minutes walk away, like grade school. And I then follow the junior high and the high school I just bike 15, 20 minutes. So everything is you It's reachable through either bikes or public transportation. Uh-huh. And then I remember those summers going to the libraries and bookshops with my friends because the summer vacation, you go to parks, you go get ice cream. You're hanging out just in those public space. And everything is before get getting so big, cities are becoming so big and so expansive. like uh, you have those public space to, just go out and hang out and experience that. Mm. And everything is just right there. Yeah, And it's, in a way, very similar to Brooklyn. I was just walking down the streets the other day getting my eye exam. I just go there, I hit my bookstore and get my bread and then take walks and get grocery and then go home. It's so strange that after all those years and have this similar feeling again. Wow. And it seems we're very local. That's the other thing. At the time. Yeah. Everything is, uh, these days, most of us, we do grocery, you go to supermarkets and whatever. In fact, I go to the very local market, like a very tiny um, mom and pop shop. But, and you go to a bread place and go, whatever, you know where to get things. Mm -hmm. That's how things were. Like, you go, you know your tofu person. Yeah. And, you know your butcher. You know where you get your grains. Everything Mm -hmm. is seasonal and everything is local. And that's, a lot of those are, I think the, the market stood there, but for the most part, the supermarkets and just those big, big more chains, corporate existence yeah. are a bigger part of our lives now. Fascinating.
0: Yeah, that sounds uh, a lot like growing up in Benin City back then, and you know the supermarket was something you went to like maybe once in a year or once, twice a year. Well, that was, that was like a big deal if you went to a supermarket. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Back then, we used to dream about going to supermarkets, and then now it's like, oh, you go to supermarkets all the time. Like, uh, like when I talk to people back home, that's like almost every city. It's like they they have supermarkets everywhere, and all that stuff that we grew up with it's it's literally gone.
1: Yeah, from
0: almost every city, and and it's like people aspire to go to. It's like yeah, people sound like what's wrong like yeah we, we don't have a supermarket in our city in this city that city is uh, blue boo, and yeah they don't understand that those relationships that used to exist yeah there's... when you had those mom and pop shops and you know those, those feelings you know, we looked down on it and you know back then you didn't realize they say you don't know what you have until it's gone right so
1: yeah there is yeah. a whole in, in a way I, I would say the life experience now is much more alienated that way. Like, mm-hmm. especially with when it comes to food, you go to those markets. Kind of like we go to f- grain markets these days. That you know who made those food. Yeah. You know who made, who grew them and then picked them. And then getting them to the city and you can get them and eat them. And that was like how those markets are. Mm-hmm. Or like your shoe fixing person. Yeah, Like, yeah. you, that, you that, know that those people, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, who do those small addition. fixes, mm-hmm. and then they are there. Your your life, the, the experience we had is through those people. You're always interacting with them And the supermarkets. Come, I, I think I was pretty small when supermarkets start to just show up and everything. It was fascinating. Of course, everything is packaged mm-hmm. and it's branded, yeah. and it's just a completely different
0: visual experience. Yeah. I I'm 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 trying to think back to first time I walked into the supermarket that I can recall and oh it was just it was to me it was like glorious. Like, oh, look at that it looks like I'm in the movies now, you know yeah. that kind of thing. But you, you don't realize that this showing up here means the ratio of the smaller yeah. stores that you could go to and even some days where um, I will I will be sent because you know I was, I, was, I was the youngest kid, so they'll send me on errands. And when I'll go to some of these smaller stores, I might not be giving the, the exact change. I don't know if it was intentional, but um, <laughs> there were times when you know I have the list of what I'm supposed to buy, and then the I give them the cash, and then the the clerk or the owner of the store. Usually, it was the owner of the store. He knew me. And he'll be like, oh, that's not enough money. And I'll be like, oh, well, this is what the list says I should buy. And he'll be like, OK, um, this is how much you owe. Let them know. And um, yeah, you come back and yeah, take everything then bring the money. Yeah. And you know you could do that. But you, you, at that age, you never realize that you can't do that with supermarkets. Yeah. You can't do that. Either you have the exact amount or you're not coming. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> no credit,
1: no credit, no yeah. tabs,
0: <laughs> no tabs. <laughs> so with that being said, what do you consider your favorite childhood memory
1: to be? Oh, those um, New Year light shows. It's around the Lunar New Year every oh. year. And the parks will set up all those very elaborate light installation and is that like
0: fireworks or is uh, it different from fireworks?
1: It's different than fireworks. Fireworks is also also happens at the New Year's okay. Eve. And, but the light show is always set up in the park. And it's, oh. they just set up all those very elaborate designs of light installations. Yeah. And like temples and dragons oh. and all that kind of different stuff. And it start from, the people started going there like in the day. Because there's also those, um, I guess today what we call food trucks yeah and the set up in the just outside parts of the park, you just go around, you go with family, cousins and your aunts and uncles, and then just get food and hang out. and then when it starts to get dark, dark and then everything just lights up and you oh. go just go them station yeah. by station. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Wow was that's, that that's sounds... like the fun times for a kid. Mm-hmm. That's like the most fun times during the year
0: yeah that sounds that sounds yeah
1: weird. and i would get those hair bands yeah and like with the shiny shiny hair bands essentially
0: so right now that so that, that that would that would be would that be going past today or would that be
1: yeah i think it's around the new year time period okay. the new year is celebration i think it's like 15 days mm-hmm. from the first day actually it's from the eve to the 15th oh wow
0: I need to go experience that one day. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, a lot of fireworks. I hated fireworks going up. I'm terrified. They were so loud. Wow. Yeah, smoky and loud. Never liked them.
0: Well, fireworks came from you guys, right? <laughs>
1: yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you guys got the the, the more original ones yeah. compared to like what we had in Nigeria. But yeah, it used to be lots. Lot of smoke that uh, we had. I don't, I don't even know if we had the stuff that we had. If that was really good for us, but uh, yeah, fireworks. Yeah,
1: people went crazy with fireworks, and
0: oh, they they go crazy in Germany too.
1: Yes, I was uh, my partner and me. We were there one New Year's Eve. I think it was two thousand eighteen, and we were told that the fireworks are gonna get crazy, but we didn't expect to be that crazy. So it started around six and seven o'clock. We were in Berlin, somewhere mm. in the city, yeah. and it went on and on and on all night. At one point, there was a one of those cable car, bus stopped in front of the, we're just at the balcony and looking at the streets, yeah, and stopped and someone just threw something into the bus. Ooh. And then blew up wow. in there. Things were
0: completely out of control. Wow. Yeah, I have spent one New Year's Eve in Germany. Um my, my my wife's from Germany. And um we we uh she's from the northwestern part, so much closer to the Dutch border. And New Year's Eve I didn't realize that they just you know come outside and pow 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 pow, yeah. pow just be shooting fireworks up and it was it was a good fun time that they had over there. But I was like, yeah, well, how long is this gone? Like, I, after like five minutes, but I realized that my father in law had bought a I was like, oh, all the stuff we went to the grocery store for, it was fireworks he was buying that day. So he had filled the trunk up and he was like, hey, go, Raphael, hey, go. I was like, oh, man, I mean, am I sure this taking me back to my Nigerian days when we uh, pa, pa. okay, um, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like, after the fifth one, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm, let me go inside now yeah like the whole street was Smokes. smoke and everybody came out oh, fresh noise yeah fresh noise yeah fresh noise yeah i'm like okay yeah yeah and they're bringing I'm like ah gosh yeah yeah that's enough man but at least it wasn't guns so that's good yeah <laughs> terrified terrified of fireworks <laughs> uh, yeah i found the cities um wenzhou
1: wenzhou wenzhou okay, yes yeah, that, that was, yeah, it is south
0: South, south, yeah, and is, is that far from Cheng, Chengdu?
1: I don't know exactly, but I don't think it's super far.
0: Okay, yeah, she's uh, my good friend helped me graduate college, that's nice. what I would say. Yeah, all the way up to China, but I give her more credit than myself. But yeah, awesome. But well, she's moved back to uh, China now, but yeah, she was the first guest to be on the show, and uh, she said this close to it's not too far from hong kong
1: yeah yeah
0: so uh chengdu is that far from hong kong
1: it's uh from hong kong is i actually i was just looking at it um three hours something by flight okay yeah yeah not bad
0: not bad all right so one last question on chengdu before we move to you coming over here um for someone who hasn't uh been to Chengdu. Um how would you describe, you know, you've given us a picture of a city being a big city, which it is, uh, but you know, let's say in comparison to like the American uh Western world, which like how would you describe Chengdu? Uh, city wise?
1: It's mild climate. Um it rains a lot. It has a season. Four seasons, very clear. It's misty in the spring. Gets pretty hot, a little humid in the summer. Hmm. Autumn gets dry a little bit, get some colors, but really mild. And just cools down a little bit and ease into winter. We don't really see snow. It's okay. that kind of... Like this, today's weather will yeah. be the very cold there. Oh, so yeah,
0: it's kind of like what... Texas winter was like for me before they got snow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really snow there. It rains. It rains pretty consistently throughout the year. Uh, Cloudy, because it's uh, geographically kind of like a basin Mm -hmm. and gets cloudy. And the city itself is surrounded by mountains and uh, rivers running across the city. And I think the closest... As just vibe, I want to say maybe closest to San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's really relatively tight as a city. And it's, oh, um, I mean, got to mention the hot pot is, that's the regional food. Anyone have hot pot? I hope your audience do. Spicy food. I love spicy food. Yes. Sichuan cuisine. So Chengdu is in the Sichuan province. Yeah. And so that's yeah, what the this food this is man, like.
0: yeah, he, he's testifying. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk later.
1: <laughs> and giant pandas. Yeah. Giant pandas are from there. Oh. Yes.
0: Awesome. Okay. That's the
1: hometown of giant pandas.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you got my daughter signed up
1: already. Yes, legit. She, she's
0: Although she might she might ask about red pandas too. I'm like, yeah, what they
1: what got I mean? red pandas too in the mountains. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm glad giant pandas is no longer um
0: on the endangered list. Endangered species. Yeah. That was good. Mm-hmm. That's good. One good thing for humanity there. So
1: go see pandas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I always love watching them play. They're very playful. They're
1: very playful. They're, They're very, very
0: cute. Yeah, they look because well, all the photos and the drawings, they they got white fur, and then you see them play. I'm like, man, they, they look dirty. You know, oh, they do play a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, well, I I like to have that job though, just to be playing with them yeah yeah i can't those guys like, they are, kudos to them they yeah. do you just know.
1: eating bamboo and yeah, but, naps. but they, they they look they
0: behave like um they behave like toddlers they behave wild because i see i've seen when they be harassing their caretakers it's not like a bad harassment but harassment. They, it's like they they just be they're giving their character like we know you're bringing food for us but we're going to give you a tough time mm-hmm. give me more food or just get bring the food Start that kind of thing and ha, i'm just messing with you and it's like oh i'm like yeah they're just big kids yeah that's what they are cute big kids cute though yeah but uh i'm gonna run out of patience after like come on come on get get, get go 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 it's done i'm done with y'all but uh not they're cute though. i love them yeah so how did you go from Chengdu to um, you know coming to the United States? What what led to that um, decision to move?
1: Uh, it was I was in college around that time, and it was actually very coincidental. Just one day, you know, I was in college, I have those boards, and it just was different events and notices and things happening, and I saw there was an exchange program. And I think it was actually just first year in college. And there was an exchange program with another school in the States, New Mexico State, as well. And so I just wanted to give it a try, and I did. So I just applied for it and it went so.
0: So it was college in Chengdu?
1: Yes. Oh, okay, so you, yeah. you
0: didn't want to step out of home and then when you stepped out of home, you went, whoops. Oops,
1: the other side.
0: I, that is. Um
1: uh, you know, when you were that young, that mm-hmm. decision-making doesn't, it doesn't really carry as much significance in how one will feel 10, 15 years later, right? Because yeah. everything is open. And yeah. you want to try something, and then if there are other conditions to make it happen, you just try it. And That's I did. Right. And I moved to New Mexico. And... Uh, i i lived there for how long let me see a little bit over three years okay hold hold, hold on yeah. before
0: before we, we jump into new mexico because we'll, um um let me see yeah okay so three years in new mexico uh, okay i'll ask this question and I'll, after that we'll go and we'll take a quick break um so that there's because i'm a big you know i'm a nerd so there's a multiverse so in the multiverse there's a possibility that it could have been Florida or it could have been somewhere else and you could have you know, ended up in a different city yeah. instead of New Mexico. So there wasn't any thoughts like, oh, New Mexico, where's New Mexico? You hadn't been there before.
1: No, you I just, had no idea. Wow. Yeah, had no idea, just dive right in. I, I do like that person,
0: though. I do like because I, I, yeah, I think that's a difference thing because I probably would have said, yeah, let me do it. And then I'm, New Mexico. Is it Mexico? It's not Mexico. Nah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a problem. Who I was back then. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. That, 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 that's, I respect that. I respect that.
1: Yeah, looking back, I see. I, yeah, looking back, on that decision. So that's the leap of faith.
0: Yeah, that's a big leap of faith. Going straight. That was. That's. woof That was. Yeah. That's real. The respect. there. respect. If the I if had. I- F- I- some liquor, yeah, I would have poured liquor, like yeah, that's you know. Got in first fact, to
1: that. I think it's around the same time when I first landed there. I think I can't remember exactly what the day was, but one it says January 18 or 19s. Yeah, my first time landed
0: in New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. So but anyway, New Mexico is not uh,
1: 14 years ago.
0: That was oh, oh so your anniversary. Yeah, just passed. Yeah. Wow. And the weather, in New Mexico, there is not like the the they don't have like winter like here, right?
1: So, no, it's it's mild, so, but so. it can get pretty cold. But a type type of dry cold. Well, compared com- compared to where was. you're coming from, so oh, it's completely different. It's extremely dry, and it has sunny days, three hundred days out of a year.
0: Okay. right so we're gonna take a quick break now and then when we come back we're gonna explore new mexico and then continue on to new york hi everyone we've made it two years and who would have thought so so let's go for that and make it three make it four make it five make it six who knows 20. but we can't do this without your support so join us on patreon at patreon.com slash white label american pod pod or linktree.com slash white label american go there and you'll see our patreon link and you can join us for as low as three dollars we have bonus content we have bonus materials there's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public and yeah you can contribute in making this podcast better you can send questions you can send your ideas and Also, there's a lot of new things that are coming. The announcements are made on Patreon first because we have to, you know, take care of people who help make this podcast possible. So you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be. Come join us on Patreon and make it what you like to see. Join us, make it fantastic. Keep the five stars coming in. Keep the love coming in. Thank you for the privilege of your company. Okay, welcome back and thank you for staying with us so we're still in new mexico upon arrival in new mexico coming from Chengdu, how was um now how how did your adjustment go now that you're in a new environment new weather new climate you know what 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 were those first few days months what were they like for you and um how did you you know adjust to your new scene i think the
1: first Days and weeks were were very exciting and new because you're in a completely different environment, and then and then start and then it wasn't so good. I mm. think the following months or years were no were not very good. I think part of it is just it, I didn't like the climate and there's too much sound for me and it's very dry. And I think for the most part, just a completely different world for me and there were I think around the time we had a few students we're all going and so you kind of have students around the same age and from a similar background coming in but that was a completely different world than the world I have grown up like I was talking about earlier I grew up in a place that you go to public space and hang out and then go to libraries and Coffee shops get okay, ice creams and whatever. And New Mexico, I was in Las Cruces, so I will always flew in El Paso and then um, either drive or, um, or take a bus, not bus, a shuttle for 15 minutes or so and an hour and get mm. to the town. It's a small town, it's a college town. It's New Mexico State University there. So it's a very small town, but You have to drive everywhere.
0: Oh, okay. And yeah,
1: yeah, you know, it's just the college is there, the school is there, and then they just houses
0: Hmm.
1: and then houses. That's it. Oh. And you can't really get around or there's no kind of like meaning suburbs we will see. There's no third place for us to, for anyone to go and be there. Yeah. But you either go to work and go home, you go to school or go home, and then that's it. Wow. And I couldn't really quite adjust to mm-hmm. that way of living. And it was very, very difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know some people who move to areas like that. They're like, oh, I can't deal with cities. I can't deal. With... And they're like, oh, I like such areas. But some of them tell me like, you know, they like use. Oh, it's cheap. So I'm going there for, you know, I'm saving money by moving to such areas, and I'm like, okay. And then with time, you start noticing that they always hitting me up like, oh, you know, man, I miss, I miss the city, man. I mean, I you know I could get everything. I mean, I miss, oh, I miss life in this area. I have access to. I'm like, ah, but I thought you said it's cheap, you know? Yeah, it's you know,
1: it's a vacuum. I think yeah. many years after I realized it's a vacuum. Exactly. That the life I had at the time and the the time and space it's like an entire vacuum there's no uh, that there's no history there's no context you're just in a apartment room and with whatever was your bed and desk and then you're in school It's like everything is completely foreign oh. and alien it was a very strange feeling and it was a very strong feeling i think maybe some people are are, le- are more adapt to that kind of change like some people are more sensitive to that type of change and for me it was very it was very difficult
0: yeah 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 there's some people who that's their that's their gig and hey good for you but uh yeah not not for
1: everybody so
0: yeah so uh you still got to spend three years there right
1: yeah I spent three years I first finished undergrad there okay Uh, I was studying electrical engineering and after finished undergrad around that time I guess I just didn't know what I was doing Um, can't speak for any other people I think but at that time, I just had no idea what I'm supposed to do. Am I about to go to graduate school like most people did at the time? End up doing the same thing. Or am I gonna find a job? But I had no idea what I can possibly do. Mm. And do I stay here? Do I go somewhere else? Do I move back to China? And just have no, no direction and no context of what to do. So I took I picked the path with list least resistance, which is go to graduate school, like most people did. And if you do your undergrad there, it's slightly relatively easier, straightforward to go to graduate school there. So I ended up staying for another, I want to say, a year and a half or close to two years there after undergrad. And graduate school, I think, in a way, it was a little bit easier than undergrad, because an undergrad there is just enormous academic pressure too. Like if I couldn't even finish undergrad here, what am I gonna do with my life? Mm. And in grad school, that level of pressure was taken off and you get to have a little bit more options in what you can do in the field of study. Yeah. Um, but I think the overwhelming background for me was still, I just didn't know what to do with my life. I didn't know what to do with my study. I didn't know know what I really wanted to do, what I am capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And what do I go from here? It was only like, I think it was two years. Now looking back, like, what happens next? I think that sense that that feeling in Twenties, early twenties is just so overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. Um, yeah, because I remember going to a volunteer event while I was wrapping up my just before I wrapped up my bachelors and there were a bunch of teenagers. It was in the Bronx and I was the only black person there there was a group of veterans who were mostly in the financial um, institutes, uh, financial world from Guggenheim. And our um, no, uh, veteran service organization partnered with them. So I came from the veteran service organization. And when we got there, being the only black person and the teenagers were all black, I was the person they were all gravitating to to ask questions about college and... They were like, yeah, so what you going to do? How do you know what you're going to do? And how do you know what you wanted to study? And the truth is, I never, like, if I were to go back and do everything again, I don't think I would have studied business administration. I only took that just, it was a part of least resistance for for me too. And, yeah, I, I just kind of rushed everything, but that wasn't my, I had no passion for it.
1: Yeah. You know, and,
0: yeah, so it was kind of, what I was telling the teenagers, like, yeah, you know, because there was one of them, like, bunch of them had like, this is the path I want to be on. And I was yeah. like, okay, that's good. But one of them, she, she said, there's something wrong with me that I don't know what I want to study or what I want to do or what I'll become. Well, I said, no, like some of us don't even know At you know, the older, we, we, we don't know, we're just moving with the wind. Yeah. So don't beat yourself up. But you can always start on a path. And then if you don't like it, change. Yeah. And I don't know where she is today, but I hope... uh, Yeah, I hope that was good advice that she took. Because at that age, that wasn't advice that I got. Exactly. I think
1: at that age also, it wasn't... At least for me, I think at that time, since also seems like the, the school was everything i i had mm. like i had to hold on to that that's the every that that's like the only possible way out of that existence and into something else but yeah. then i had to really kill myself and do well do the things that i don't really believe in mm. but had to do it anyway and it was and not knowing whether this is, actually, I think I did know that this is not the thing that I really wanted to do. This is not the thing I was really good at, but end up toughing it out anyway. Yeah. I think it's just around time that not knowing that you could make a decision not to do this anymore. You could do something else. It's, it's, it's going to be okay when we are the other.
0: It's going to be okay. I think that's the, the thing many of us don't. I think we don't listen to that part of ourselves. We we don't tell ourselves that it's going to be okay. Yeah. To try something else.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think the years was like what you just said. I was just rushing. Mm -hmm. Rushing to somewhere I don't even know where I was going. But have that uh, persuaded myself that there was this enormous pressure. I have to keep going. Only many years later you realize you really didn't have to. You can just make a different decision
0: so you got you did your undergrad in um sorry your bachelor's was in uh electrical engineering yeah did you continue on that path with your yeah uh, your masters yeah okay and so after that that's um you decided you were done with new New mexico uh, yeah new mexico yeah pretty much and uh, how did you get, uh, pick your next des- destination?
1: That was, I've always wanted to visit New York. And I think it was around 2011. Then a friend of me would just finally visited New York and just visited like anyone who first mm. visited New York. And I think after that, both of us were like, yeah, well, maybe we want to try to live there for a while. And we're going to try doing that so after that i think that's 2012 i was almost finished with school and i didn't end up finishing finishing it but it's a different story and so around the summer i just came to new york and i stayed for a few months because i was almost done with school i just have the the paper to write and i stayed till end of that year something happened my family and then also with my paper, my professor wouldn't let me graduate without going to a Ph.D. program. So that kind of...
0: Oh, they'll keep you in, yeah. in Mexico? Yeah.
1: yeah. So it certainly certainly wasn't cool. Yeah. And he could have just let me graduate, but he wouldn't. So all things were happening around that time. And then I just took off. I went back to China for a little bit. That was end of 2012. So I went back and then trying to mostly just recuperate and then with all things happen, trying to get my head together mm-hmm. and think about what would be my next step. I think that's where for the next half year, just getting my GRE exam, trying to get into a school in New York. That's how I later ended up in NYU and come to New York.
0: So when you came to... NYU, you did you have to start all over?
1: Start all over, yeah. Wow, Dang. Start all over, got in the program. That's how I met Ashwin. Wow, that's cool. Wow, that's what the that I think the following those few years just had that terrible sense of rushing towards something because mm-hmm. I think in my head I I had the sense of I'm already behind, but. That's yeah. always a relative, yeah. relative measure. What are you behind? Does we mm. only have our one life to go for? Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Okay, so let me take you back a little bit to your first arrival in New York.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you, you remember that, right? What was that experience? What, what was your, did you feel like you had any moment where you were like, this is my welcome to New York? This is a New York shock? Well, like oh, this is okay, I'm no longer in New Mexico. This is definitely a New York moment.
1: Yeah, this is New York moment. It's a lot of garbage and pigeons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's it's big. Yeah. It just everything feels so big. And Subway feels completely overwhelmingly puzzling. And the downtown and uptown just could not figure out. Mm-hmm. And but I was very, very charmed and fascinated by it. It's a much messier version of the urban environment I grew up with. Wow.
0: And that's that's the thing with New York, man. Everybody who almost everybody I've had on the podcast who who's who lives in New York, that's like the first thing I noticed is you trash, garbage, <laughs> garbage, man,
1: everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the smell.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, and then the still steam it. and heat coming off on the subway.
0: Okay, oh, you came during winter? I
1: came during the winter. Oh, yeah.
0: wow, wow. But it, it was, there was no snow. Was there?
1: Was there snow? There wasn't snow, in fact. It just, I think it was December. Ish wasn't really snow; it's just cold.
0: But it's like you do have a thing for coming to new places in the winter. Oh yeah!
1: Now you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned
0: it. I'm not sure that I am. I, I am big on that. Although I've done that with a few places like Bahrain, and uh, I think Germany. My first time in Germany was, yeah, yeah, both Frankfurt and the North was um, during the winter. But Frankfurt wasn't planned, but that was just the airport I was flying through. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I tried to avoid some places during the winter, like Scandinavia. Yeah, you true. can't catch me there during winter, except like Iceland. I might because they have a lot of hot springs, so it's tempting, but still no.
1: no Do you think you can kind of see the true color of the place in winter? Because
0: summer, Ooh. everything
1: is nice. That, that's a
0: great question.
1: Everywhere is nice. That's a great question. You know what? That, that's, that, that, you
0: might be onto something. <laughs> you might be onto something because, you know, back in Nigeria, every, you know, every time you saw snow on the TV and movies, you're like, yeah, I, I wish I could be in snow. I wish I could see snow. And then you come to New York like, oh, nobody ever showed me what it looks like after you know, the snow is over. And then you got to walk in the dirty... The
1: The slush slush and the dirt and and snow pile up for the next three months.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Because, oh, no, no, no. Everyone is sad and grumpy. I was like, okay, now I understand why in Finland, when it's winter season, they they go into that dark depression and then they have the mirrors put up to, like, brighten the place and all that. Okay, I get it now. I was like... Oh, I, I, okay. I I started I started to understand and empathize with the people over there after I moved to New York because I think I I I was going through that too in my own way. So yeah, but I was like, oh, all that time, watch. I want snow, and then there are people who have never been anywhere. There's snow talking to me on the phone. Like, hey man, I can't wait to get snow. I can't wait to experience snow. I'm like, ah. Uh. You know what? Yes, you need to experience yes, it. Yes. Yes, yeah. I'll just let you. Yeah, you There's know movie
1: snow and there's yeah. life snow, real yeah. life snow. When you experience it
0: afterwards, you go, what? Nobody told me about this. Then mm-hmm. you're wearing the wrong shoes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> you, 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 oh, I, I think this is solid. Let me step on it. And, ah, what is this? You're sunk. And now your shoes, socks, pants, everything gone. Yeah. You, gotta, you have to decide do I keep going forward or do I go home and change and then be late? And then, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, just a lot of hustle and bustle and busy and oh, yeah. getting to places. And yeah, it's just. But
0: it's still It's still my city
1: and I yeah. love it. There's a certain toughness to it. It's a toughness and it's cute. It is. Once, once you
0: get around it, you just you yeah. know how cute people are. And you're like, ah, there's this tough scheme, but they're, they're, they're all teddy bears on the yeah. Next, you Yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so you end up um was it because of nyu that you ended up in brooklyn
1: Uh, yes the school the campus was in brooklyn but the courses are kind of just taking us all over the place okay um Actually I don't know exactly why I ended up in Brooklyn. I think a lot of friends were staying in Brooklyn around that time and I stayed in Brooklyn for years before I moved to Manhattan and lived there for five years and moved back. I think I, I just knew Manhattan. Well, yeah. On, Brooklyn on this is podcast,
0: more... Brooklyn is the best borough.
1: Exactly. Without I don't count Staten Island? Yeah, Brooklyn is is my town.
0: Yeah. without I don't count but if you're from Staten Island, you know, we'll still accept you on Patreon and you know, bring do donate and all that. Bio match. And then we'll start to count you guys. You know, so you know what to do, starting Islanders, and uh, yeah. Otherwise, I still keep I'll keep throwing bullets your way, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't count you guys. Yep. Nope. But uh, yeah, and uh, my buddy in Long Island, they're gonna be like, mm, no, I don't count you guys too. But you're cool. You guys are cool. You're two of my favorite guests are from there too. So yeah, Brooklyn all the way all the way. All the way. That's right. So, coming from um, electrical engineering, I'm guessing NYU was when you began to branch into your own thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a transition phase. Okay. I would call it. That was when I at least started to challenge some of my thinking in early years. I came to, at least I came around and thinking, well, if I'm not very good at the things I'm doing, then maybe I should at least try something else. But as I said, at the time I was also trying to preserve ideas. I spent all those years of engineering. I wanted to test, do something close to it. Oh. So my program at the time was technology management. So it was the mishmash of people who all come from different contexts and backgrounds. It was a great program. It was very interesting. out of friends I'm I still was still friends today. And kind of just got to learn different things and taking design-related class and did workshops and programming with Ashwin. And so kind of just start to explore other things that's happening in this tech space at the time and got into design as a consequence.
0: So how did you... um, After NYU, how did you get into your first job and what was that?
1: My first job, I was taking quite a bit of design related course. I did a bunch of projects and getting first job was really just apply for a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And finally landed on my first job as a UX UI designer. And it was it was a company. They were mostly doing internal tools and enterprise tools. So there was a senior designer on the team. So starting really learn. So just learning my ropes around like how product design actually works in organization, because when you're in school, any most things we learn is it's a very in you know, a vacuum. You do a project on your own, like everyone has their pet projects you're working on. It's very much in the vacuum, but once you're working in a team, in an organization, there's all different limitations and challenges and timelines and one needs to consider it becomes its own thing.
0: So when did you get into the music publishing and then environmental controlled environmental agriculture? And are you working in both sectors, or is it totally different?
1: Different, different timeline. Okay. So I was designer and working, I worked for quite a few years, and the music publishing came up when I was working at SiriusXM at the time. And this recruiter reached out to me and say, hey, are you interested? And I started talking to them, and I was interested. And also for me, Music was important for me growing up. Um it it was something I think as a kid as a kid I'm like I read a lot, I listen to a lot of music. I'm one of those I don't play sports, I'm one of those kids who kind of just okay. live in their own head. Hmm. And, <laughs> so
0: when, when you say listen to music, what what kind of music were you exposed to as a kid?
1: Uh like I remember ha- getting my first Walkman when I was eight years old. Eight or nine. My mom oh. came to pick me up after I was the weekend, one of those weekend programs kids go to, and she come and pick me up. And then in the back of her bicycle, and she put the Walkman in my ear. That was like wow, life changing. Yeah. Like music right in your ears on the go, and just a lot of pop music. And then around fourteen and fifteen, I just starting explore more. Um, rock music as we would say and just listen to all different stuff whatever one can find from the market and pop and rock and different stuff and then around college start listening more college time just getting to know that was also the beginning of internet you start chatting with people you get mm-hmm. to know friends friends yeah and that really expand how one gets to learn about new type of music like from your friends say yeah, yeah check this out mm-hmm. or from someone else well this is really good and you start just building that that your own preferences mm. and i still find even today that's how one really gets to connect with music they can connect with is from people you know
0: yeah uh Almost all the guests have given me um, a bunch of artists that I've added to my playlist. So, my playlist is always expanding on Spotify. And uh, yeah, I should share it one day with the audience, and y'all can see how I have hours upon hours of music. Uh, but I'm still in, before I come back to the music publishing, uh, I will go back to your childhood with the music. Uh, so, was you, you were listening to pop
1: yeah a lot um, of pop around the time and but was
0: it only music from like China or pop from China or f- was it like global
1: kind of all over the place Japanese pop was really big mm. around the time I was growing up and Chinese plus, pop plus you, know, you know what I'm asking yeah
0: with the communist party I, I thought, thought like there was like a um, what's the word I'm looking for like a Restriction on the amount of American uh, music coming into oh, you mean China. Western influence? Yeah. yeah, so I was I wasn't sure if you were getting yeah. exposed to a lot of
1: I think you know, around
0: music from America.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, but for me personally, mm-hmm. I grew up with mostly British pop. Okay, interestingly, like around the time.
0: Yeah, I'll add y- it too, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of British pop looking back. And remember, so clearly listening to Debbie Bowie at 16 years old and Six Pistols and random stuff like what one could find from your CD store.
0: Wow. So, and those are just sold openly?
1: I think those were not sold openly. Those were like the people they will set up their little booths. Yeah. Like just on the streets oh, and go okay. pick it out. Yeah, they do that in Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. They also they do have um like the legitimate store you can go. Mm-hmm. They still have for sure Western and Japanese and other um other selections in the store. Okay. Just different channels. Okay. Yeah, that that's
0: yeah. what I was I was going to. Okay. So back to the music publishing before the controlled uh before agriculture. Um so you're in the music publishing and Your love for music made that easier for you to
1: yeah that was that gig right yeah that was uh, I think that was a really important experience for me in terms of both personally and professionally. Mm. It's something that I feel very close to. I've always wanted to be in that space, and I did. And it was a met some very good. Co-workers and very good people, and it was a it was a space most people are very very self selected. They're doing this because they're either themselves musicians or they care about music mm. and so it's a different it's a different energy
0: so how how do you feel like the music publishing working in music publishing helped you? Embrace your creativity as a person?
1: Interesting question. Uh, creativity, you mean creativity as in design as a profession or creativity just more general?
0: In any way you define it. Okay. I w- I'll leave that up to you.
1: Okay. I think in that space, the work I was doing with a team, it was. Like we were we were working on a tool internally trying to streamline the processes. It was a good team to work with. So we're really, everyone was very into it. Mm-hmm. And genuinely, let's really try to think this through to how we solve it. And then there was a lot of, I just did a lot of design, did a lot of exploration. I think at the end of the day, That's how I perceive design as what it is. You got to be able to explore. You got to be able to try so many different options and then to figure out what will work with the people you are working with. That's as in the day what it is. The technical aspects of you design something, you design an object, you design an interface. That technical aspect in terms of interface design, the how you use certain components, how you move this thing from one place to the other, how you play with typography and color. That itself to me is like, just like language, you got to be able to have certain, you got to know the grammar, you got to know the vocabulary to be able to communicate oneself. Mm -hmm. That's just how it manifests. But at the end of the day is there's all different set of business rules and how people um, the, the copyright copyright itself and different objects, and then how operation is run within organization. And then at the end of the day is to, to be able to make sense all of that and manifest through the interface. I think I was given the opportunity to be really able to take on a very big project and working with people and just run with people, really just work with people who will be using those tools. And I think that's really, that was a challenge, I think, at the beginning of it. I, I wasn't sure if I could pull that off and we did, and then that felt good. Oh. That was a, that was professionally, I think that really started to change the, for me. I mean, everyone has some imposter syndrome one way or the other, yeah. but kind of confirms that, oh, I can do this. I can do this pretty well
0: and then you will now move into a different sector down the line. And So what led to you moving into the controlled um, environmental agricultural space?
1: So at the time I was there for about two and a half years and we had a good run with the product I was working and someone else from where I'm working now um, reached out. And so I started chatting and I was very interested I was very, very interested in working with something that's so close to us, working with food. Mm. And there is I think there is a certain level of feeling very grounded that way.
0: Oh, and I should have asked this question first. So when we say controlled environmental agriculture, uh to the layman, what 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 would you how would you define that?
1: Um, we're okay to say just names, right? On the show.
0: Names as it? Uh, yeah,
1: company, like where I work and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's
0: up to you. If, oh, okay. If you do not want to, that's fine.
1: Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, it, It's it, our traditional agriculture, very traditionally, you basically have to grow stuff according to what the weather can give you. Yes. And in more mild climate, you can grow more stuff. In a harsh climate, there's very limited, you can grow. Mm-hmm. But these days we can use technology to control the environment that we have indoors. So mm-hmm. I work in a company called Bowery Farming that it's a local company and that it's vertical farming. So you can grow like vertically into the space as well. Oh. Yeah. So you oh, can grow I, much more like stuff uh-huh. within the space was much smaller space. Yeah, yeah, and
0: and that that comes in handy for some. I've I've seen. I don't. I'm not sure if it's your company, but I've seen some reports like on um, Deutsche Welle, the German channel, covering controlled um, environmental agriculture, growing controlled spaces in um, pro, like. Projects to transfer some of these experiments to some climates in some in yeah. some African countries like um those that are like in the desert areas and something like you know with the arid conditions where you know like um Namibia, some places where due to historical factors, they can't really grow produce right now, so there's stuff like this that they're looking at. Yeah, And, you know, because it's on, online, the most popular thing you see is, oh, look, at uh, is- Israel has good agriculture. You just import soil from somewhere and that's, you know, people don't really know the logistics of all that. And they they forget that it's not the one option that's available. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why what you do is important. But I just have to make sure you, you broke it down so everybody is aware of it and they don't just say, Raf, you, 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 you let your guests just talk without uh, telling us. But I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Now you know. Now you know. So we all know and we all can move along. So uh, I have to come back to music. Yes. Because we love music on this podcast. And every guest who's on this show is considered a dancer. If you say you don't dance, then we we'll stop recording and kick you off recording so oh,
1: I seem it's, to go. it's too late nah, it's <laughs> too late we
0: already a dancer. we already accept you so um since you worked in music publishing
1: yeah
0: and you've you know so you've kind of you already have uh helped to improve the quality of listening experiences for listeners you know so when it comes to music your own personal taste in music you know we need you to give us three artists that can keep you dancing for at least an hour. Now, we, 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 we don't, we're not going to make a video of you dancing. Don't worry about that. But we just need to give at least three artists that can keep you dancing. Now, there's a caveat. You can't name the most popular names because a lot of people have been on the podcast. You know, we have o- over 140 episodes. So, yes, we forgot to mention that in the beginning. So, the most popular names were being dropped. and I was, I was like, okay, you know what? There are certain names being repeated. Other people out there, we need to discover artists so you can give us artists that you know come from your part of China, or you can give us artists from some from New Mexico. You know, if you still want to give New Mexico love, mm. that's up to you. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I'll throw it in your corner and you know, so you can give us at least three artists that can oh. keep you dancing. Keep
1: dancing, so it, it's not limited
0: to it, any brand, any genre of music, it's your choice. but you know.
1: Dance music, huh? And, and
0: that's how my playlist gets to keep growing.
1: Okay, yeah. that's uh, that's a really good one. Dance music. That is... And it's
0: up to you what you define as dance music, by the way. It doesn't have to be what I define as dance music.
1: Okay, I'm going to just throw it out there anyway. All right. Uh, I think you're going to have to throw new order into the dance music. New order. As the artist,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. New order, the band. All right, band.
1: The okay.
0: And where where are they from?
1: Uh, British. Oh, British. Yeah, okay. from We're British. All yes. Righty. The reincarnation right. of Joy Division. All right. And I think there's a top. Yes, yeah, on top of my list. Let's see. I have to say David Bowie there. Mm-hmm. just got to listen to him
0: a lot. Too big of a name? It's quite, it's quite popular, you know, so. That, okay. that would be considered cheating.
1: Okay. You know.
0: it's, it's the lunar year, new lunar year, so we don't, we don't want to start the year on the wrong foot.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, then Pulp then. Pulp is a good one to dance to. Pulp, also they're from Manchester. Also British pop.
0: Maybe I have to add another rule now. Like, can cannot be two from, from the UK.
1: I know. Like, I grew up with British pop.
0: So it's called pulp. Pulp. Yes. Okay. So there, is that none from China? Because I don't think I have.
1: From the internet, I think like around the time you know. Yeah. Everyone is,
0: okay. So you. So I'm getting the, the vibe that you you're you're, you're, an old, you're an old head when it comes to music. I'm an old head. Okay. For sure. All right. Yes. alright we'll, we'll we'll let you get away with that. Okay. All right, so who's who's the third one that you got?
1: Let's see if I can find someone new. Oh, okay. I'm going to give us somebody new. We'll, we'll take new. Let's see. And it can
0: be local, also.
1: Local, huh? Mm hmm. Oh, uh, for all the kids, I guess, let's do the strokes the strokes I yeah like mean the strokes they're local, yeah. relatively new now
0: I'm surprised that's not british
1: they're not british
0: usually i th- I think that's the name I would have associated with british, but yeah, the strokes, because growing up, that's the type of names that i've
1: would... yeah, yeah, they're fun yeah.
0: yeah. You you better be fun if you have a name like that. (laughs) I'll be the guy booing you like, you you suck, boo. Why are you going to call yourself Strokes? You don't make good music. You better know how to make good music. So, all right. So, thank you for that. And I think I got three bands. I say that's a
1: fine combo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's three new bands to add to my playlist. Yeah, I've just changed the playlist title to White Label American Playlist on Spotify. So people can find it and listen and it will be like, man, this list is wild. It got music (laughs) from everywhere. Everywhere. So, yeah. So, um, back to the professional side of things and then we'll end up with with another fun question. So, um, let me see. Two quick questions on the professional side of things. Um,
1: All right. I got it. One thing that you, you gave me
0: in your bio, well, it's not really tied to your, I don't know if it's tied to your job, but there was something that you gave me in your bio that I should have, I I've forgot to ask this for the Patreon side. So everybody, the freeloaders are going to get this one. So <laughs> you mentioned meaningful engagement on the internet. Yes. And uh, I know earlier on we had touched on this, but just for a few, just briefly, you know. What does meaningful engagement on the internet look like to you?
1: That's what I'm trying to figure out. That's my pet projects.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't give, k- keep that for part two. All right. So you're, right. you're going to come back and, yeah, we're not, I'm not going to let you all get that tea being spilled. Nope, nope, <laughs> no. nope. Nope, nope, nope. And um, Ashwin had said I should ask you about um, artwork, about okay. your, your, your art projects. And uh, so apparently you're an artist and that's kind of why I was also asking about the music, publishing, like your creative side. That's where I was kind of, I was kind of dancing into it. Yeah. So, but you went with the professional side of it. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll, I'll come back. I'll, I'll mention Ashwin officially. So um, how do you pick your art projects? And do you have a pro- preference for, um, you know, you, you do drawings, right? Yeah,
1: painting, drawing.
0: Well, drawing paintings. Yeah. So do you have a preference do you do objects um people well, natural bodies or yeah what do you do
1: Mostly people, the most interesting people. Oh. And I started I started doing uh both portraits and figures quite a few years ago. Okay. And in fact I started drawing very early when I was 3. My mom sent me to the drawing Classes and so that was very early memory. I've always had something going, wow. like in terms of just some visual projects, and I didn't really pick it up anything until five six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I studied. Uh, I started just went to classes. I went to the speaker drawing in in portrait drawing, and I realized, oh, this is this is fun stuff. Like I'm really getting into it. And then my teacher at the time and then started encouraged me to should try painting it's just very try a different medium that you just try it you might like it or not and then just start painting I get some acrylics and start painting and then it was just life-changing in a sense like you change from one medium to the other and then you're just facing all of those different possibilities now Mm. and then start to really understand it's about the looking. It's usually looking at the objects or looking at the people, especially when you're painting people. Like you're really looking at them, observing them. So you, do, you, do you paint
0: people like, um? what's it called? How do you call it? Is it like still models posing for you or you just stand at the corner, just watch people walking by and you can just paint them? Or how, how does that work for you?
1: If I, when I used to go to classes, it's mostly, it's models. Okay. So they model and then you observe them and then you try to communicate that, how what you see and how you feel. Mm. And then I also just, if I sit in a park on a subway, I also sketch people. Wow. Yeah. That That's amazing. Yeah. Starting so- to do something also like from photos and just um, other photos and their moments that Memories. I wanted to communicate, and yeah. I also started putting them on paper. I, too. I love that
0: communicate. Yeah, I just, yeah, because that's true. That's a communication. Yeah, uh, that's communicating too. So, yeah, do you, you display your works anywhere?
1: Nah, I just paint at home and um share them with some friends, and um yeah, that's it. Okay, that's fine.
0: So, um, final thing on the professional side. Is there any advice that you would like to give to our listeners who are aspiring to work in the tech industry?
1: Ooh, that's or a tough one. the cultural industry. Yeah, that's a tough one, uh, given what's been happening these days. Yeah, 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 we've love
0: for, uh, well, like, 55,000 firings, but...
1: Um... Yeah. I want to say whatever we do, whatever we choose to do, it's to really look into and investigate into our motivations like why what do, is the thing i'm about to do have some type of like how do you feel about that that like at the end of the day do you feel good about what we're doing it's special in tech i think there's more options and then there's also i think it, it's a space that we should really asking ourselves am i doing the right thing
0: Yep, that's uh, that transcends tech, and yeah, it transcends. Everything. Yeah, it goes into everything. Do you feel good about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like what what is really what's motivating me of doing it. It, it. I think it's perfectly okay that we just, it's perfectly okay that we're doing this because we're gonna pay our bills, mm-hmm. and but at least try asking oneself that. Yep. So,
0: final fun question before officially wrapping up. Um, You live in New York, Brooklyn, come from a place that has fantastic cuisine, but New York's also known for its cuisine Mm -hmm. plenty of it. So when it comes to food, in fact, I have to split it two ways. So first thing first, let's say I I, I I arrive in Chengdu today, I land in Chengdu today. What's the cuisine? What what's the go-to, the must-have that I need to have for it to be official that I've been to Chengdu?
1: Hot pot for sure. Hot pot, okay. Yeah, I, gonna I, have hot I, pot. I had a feeling you were gonna say that, so yeah. okay.
0: all right, so all right, hot pot. So that's out of the way. So now
1: and back, have it the local way. Yeah, the local yes. way. Okay,
0: yeah. So you arrive in Chengdu, you got to do hot pot there. So back to Brooklyn, you're here, you have access to food from almost everywhere in the world, if not everywhere in the world. What is your favorite cuisine? Oh, cuisine, huh? It's a
1: big word.
0: It doesn't have to be the one you eat every day or every week but it's just like when you have this, there's always a smile on your face.
1: Well, I mean, there's certainly pizza place in town that's, like, definitely indulgence. And um, I like vegetarian food quite a bit. And...
0: Well, from pizza to vegetarian, that's... Uh... No, Mediterranean.
1: Oh, Mediterranean. Mediterranean food. Okay, okay. I like I, them quite I, a bit. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was
0: about to say, that's, uh, that that was, that was about yeah. to be somebody writing me in... And I've just been like, you know what? Let me, let me I'll just give good
1: slice of pizza. is...
0: Okay, you you you're a real New Yorker then. Yeah, yeah they, they, they can't say you're transplant anymore. Like, hey, she loves pizza, man. And uh, which which place has the best pizza?
1: In my opinion. No, uh, which city? Which city, New York?
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah I thought you were gonna say Boston. Was like, oh, somebody. Ah, yeah, know, no, MIT.
1: obviously. Cancel this guy. No, yeah, no, obviously.
0: <laughs> no, no, that was just a three question. I don't do three questions, but that was just one of them. But yeah, pizza, New York. I love pizza only when it's free, though. That's me. I don't, I don't really have a preference for pizza in New York, like a place that I go to. But uh, but if it's bad, I I would, I would know it's bad. Yeah, even if it's free.
1: Okay? I'll give you some names that this us. Yeah. Right.
0: So final question. Although I feel like you you have already said something. Along that line, it's your freestyle moment. What would you like to leave the audience with? Just anything from your
1: heart, go. I mean, I want to say kind of take it easy. Like take it easy and then care for others, care for people you care for and Really. Think about think about what you're doing and the impact on other people. That's all we can do really. And try to think beyond our just beyond ourselves and look external a little bit like what you're doing now. Hmm. And to look outwards and see what other people are doing and try to emphasize with them. If we can all do a little bit of that, I think we'll be in a much better place.
0: Yeah, we will be. Uh, yeah, but I think humanity will love too much chaos. So hopefully, we'll get there.
1: Yeah, Hopefully.
0: Hopefully. All right. So I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. As my people say, Umbana. And uh, how, how do you guys say thank you? Sheshia. Sheshia. Yeah.
1: Well Yeah.
0: Wembe taught me that. Yeah. yeah. Wembe, forgive me. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a long time. It's been over two years. I, I, I'll send that message, actually. So... Uh, do you have anything you would like to plug in?
1: Uh, plugging, huh? Oh, uh, not at the moment. All right. Yeah.
0: If you change your mind before, yeah. the, you can send me.
1: Maybe in the, yeah, yeah. ah, the
0: links. Yeah. the links. righty, So, thank you everybody for listening. Appreciate y'all. Don't forget if you have an Android phone, download our app, give us five star reviews, and share with your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. It's a new year. Make that your new year's. Uh, um, what do you call it again? Yep, resolution. Well, hey, Patreon. Make our Patreon your New Year's resolution because, yeah, there's a whole lot of great things coming, big announcements coming up. So thank you for the privilege of your company. See you at the next episode. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments or have someone who will be a good guest on the show or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at whitelabelamerican. Thank you for your support.